Yo, what up everybody, welcome to another episode of Downtime with Downstar, episode 108. And today we are sitting here with Frank Downstar. Frank, how are you doing, man? Oh, you know what, I'm doing pretty good. Thank you for having me. Oh, great, great, great. So, um, what do you want to talk about today, Frank? Basically what I wanted to talk to you guys about, uh, I don't know if you guys saw my uh, recent social media post that I did, but it was about a previous job that I worked at. Um... The reason that I wanted to uh, do this podcast and share this story is because I want our story to be relatable to people. You know, um, it's easy to show you guys the positive things that's going on. It's easy to show you guys where we're at now, what we have, what we've done, what we have accomplished. But it's not really fair to just show that um, the good side of things, you know. It's, it's really beneficial that you guys hear the early stages of things, how things used to be. Because if the story isn't relatable, most people aren't going to think that it's possible for them to uh, accomplish their goals or their dreams or whatever they aspire to be. So I kind of wanted to touch on my job history. Because at the end of the day, guys... Your job, unless it's something that you enjoy doing, that is just to survive. You're making money to survive, right? And at a young age, I've always been, um, I don't know, conditioned, I guess is it would be the right word. I've always been conditioned to, like, you got to get up, go to work, be a man, make money. And, um, yeah, that's it. I, it was never really instilled on me to, um, kind of to follow my dreams or to follow my passions. Like all of that stuff that was secondary. So first you have to go to work, you have to take care of your business. And then after that, you can do whatever you want to do for your free time. Which, okay, you know, if that's what I got to do, that's what I got to do. So early on, I started, uh, I, I realized the value of money very early in my life. And I always had, I always say this, I always had an unhealthy relationship with money. There was things that I would do for money that were against, um, at, not at the time, but now, uh, against my character, against things that I would, um, that I would be comfortable doing. You know, I'm I'm not saying like robbing people or stealing or anything like that, but um, I just held money so high. Like when I would think of money, that would be the best thing that I could imagine. If you were to ask me at my younger age, like what would be the best, what would be the best life that you would have? I would say just to be rich. You know, to be rich. Okay, so what does that mean? To buy whatever I want to buy to uh, have as much money as possible. And I bet people listening right now are like, yeah, that's my dream too. But that's where it stopped at with me. It didn't go much further than I just wanted to have all the money in the world. I really didn't realize what money was. I just realized that with it, I could buy things and I liked things. But I guess I didn't really 
get, go any deeper to why I like things, you know? And that might not make sense right now, but hopefully it will at the end of this conversation. So early on, um, maybe if you guys ha are new to the podcast, you uh, didn't hear the earlier episodes. I think it was probably in the single digits where I did an episode on how Downstar became. And um, I started the company back in uh, 99 or 09. But back in 01 is when I came up with the name. And back then, I was selling CDs in high school. So that was my hustle. I had a CD burner. I would download music. And I had all the capabilities to get whatever CDs I want, whatever music, make mixes, or what have you, you know? So I would have a list, and I would take the list to school. I would pass the list around. I would sell the CDs for $4 a piece. So say you were in my class. You say, hey, do you have the new Snoop Dogg. I say, yeah, I got it. Four bucks. Okay, cool. Let me order that. All right. So I'll take the orders. I'll write it down, go home, burn the CDs, come back. And each period I would have somebody to sell CDs to, whether it was a, a student or a teacher or whoever it was. Um, I remember I even had a, a buddy that he managed to get the M&M, the Marshall Mathers LP, probably like a month before it even came out. So when that came out, um, we were hustling those CDs and dude, we were flying through those like crazy, man. It was wild, dude. It was like my first experience with a job or with a business, right? Sorry guys, if I'm mixing up my words, like I'm all hopped up on coffee and it's, it's uh, a lot different doing a podcast by yourself than with a guest, but either way, we're going to power through because this is something that I want to do. I don't always want to rely on a guest when I have an idea that I want to get out. So either way, we're selling. I'm selling CDs at school, and I realized that this is sort of like a business. So I decided, hey, what am I should call this something? And I decided to go with the name Downstar because at that time I was really big into skateboarding, and the skateboard brand Darkstar was one of my favorite brands. So I said, oh, I like that name. Uh, I like the logo. So let me just play off of that. So I called the company Downstar. My CD burning company. I called it Downstar. Um, I even had t-shirts. I remember I still have it to this day. The first t-shirt that I ever made, it was a iron on transfer and it wasn't even like the, uh, the full color one. It was just a black and white one. So it was the dark star logo, but the letter said Downstar and the bottom said bootlegging copywritten shit since 2001. It's so crazy, dude. I should probably remake that shirt. Uh, shout out to Darkstar. They're still out there killing it right now. Um, if you guys want to do a collab, let's do it. But uh, anyways, selling CDs, making money, and it was just like so exciting. You know, every day I would come and I wouldn't, I wouldn't know how much I would make at the end of the day. And then if I did take orders from the previous day, I knew that, oh, I hope that this dude is here today. I hope he brought his money because then I'm going to make whatever, eight bucks today, 16 bucks or whatever however much money it was. So I was always, always had some kind of hustle going on. But I knew that the way that I was going to make steady money was I needed to get a job. So I think it was when I turned 16, my, um, I got hired at the uh, El Rio School District as a janitor's assistant. So my uncle, 
he was the head janitor for the El Real School District. And I guess they had a program for um, student, like a student job program or whatever. And um, I ended up working there Monday through Friday. I think it was probably maybe like three hours out of the day. I would have six classrooms to clean. I have three or four hours to do it. And dude, the the head custodian that I would work with, because my uncle, he was the the lead custodian for the entire district. So the school that I would be at, I think I did probably uh, two or three different schools over the next couple years. Um, I had a couple other uh, janitors that I would answer to. So those were my bo- my bosses, right? So we gained a good relationship, and my job was to clean these six classrooms. So I would go in there, and the guy would say, hey, as soon as you're done with these classrooms, you could dip. I'm sh- I'm on it, bro. So instead of wasting my time, wasting four hours, taking my time, working on each classroom slowly, I just knew, like, if I bust these out, I'm going to get paid four hours in possibly one hour or two hours, you know, so at an early age, I realized the value of time. Not to this extent that I do now, but I understood that if I finish these four classrooms in two hours instead of four hours, I'm actually getting paid double what I'm making an hour. So at the time, I was probably making like eight bucks an hour. So something like that, seven bucks an hour, eight bucks an hour. So if I finish these classrooms, I'm making 14 bucks an hour, which was dope, you know? And plus I get to go home. And uh, at that time, I don't even know what I was doing. I was probably just playing video games or skating or whatever it was, dude. You know, maybe doing uh, maybe doing car stuff, driving around, whatever it was. So got that job, saving up money. And that was my first... Um, experience into um having a job so come out of high school i um my dad told me either you're gonna go to school or you're gonna work probably the same thing that most uh most mexican dads will tell you you know you either gotta work or you gotta go to school so i said all right cool let me try to go to school i went to school i went to uh Oxnard College, Community College, it was kind of whack, you know, the only class that I really did enjoy, and to be honest, I would love to go back to that class to this day, would be a philosophy class. That could have been the the spark that actually ignited the flame inside of me to, uh, to think about things differently, instead of just at face value, you know? So I'm going to this philosophy class, I love that class, but every other class was just it was whack, dude. Plus, I didn't even know what I wanted to do. I was just going to school because it was something that I thought that I had to do. Well, I did have to do it because my dad said either you work or you go to school, you know. So I was like, well, let me go to school. And uh, that really didn't work out good. I think at the same time I was working as well. I started working at Breaker Stereo here in Oxnard. So I worked at Breaker Stereo for about a month. Shout out to Breakers. Um Worked there. That really didn't work out. I got laid off there. Pretty much what happened there is uh, I was into car audio. I wanted to work at Breakers because that was the um, the premium car audio shop here in Oxnard. So while I'm working there, uh, basically the owner just threw me in there and he said, all right, well, 
just see if anybody needs help. I'm like, uh, okay. So I'm just like hanging out with people really because I didn't know what to do. I really didn't know how to install besides things that I've done on my own car, you know. So I guess after a month, he saw that I wasn't really doing much, which um, understandably from a business owner that I wasn't needed. And if there's cuts that needed to go, I was the newest one. So boom, got cut. So I I remember back then that I was kind of um, pretty upset about it. I, I actually think I might have even cried after that. You know, so you're talking maybe about 18 years old. Finally, get the job that I wanted because I I always wanted to be in car audio. That was the best car audio place in Oxnard, and um, then I end up getting let go. And in hindsight, looking back, I really should have um, just tried to learn more than I did. I should have asked more questions, asked if I can do things, you know, cleaned up, swept, threw away the trash. And I, I mean, I, I think I was doing these things at this time, but I'm 18 years old. You know, I really don't know much about what's going on. I just know that I need to get a job because either you get a job or you go to school. School's not working out. So working at best or at breaker stereo, um, and then get laid off there. So I'm like, fuck man. What am I going to do now? So my uh, my dad's brother, he had a high position here at this uh, countertop factory. And actually, the funny thing is that factory is right around the block from the Downstar headquarters at this moment. So my dad tells my uncle if there's a position that I could work at. And uh, my uncle gets me a job there. I'm like, cool, I got a job, you know? Now this job right here, this place is called GW Surfaces. So if anybody's familiar with that business, uh, it's right here in Ventura off Palma. Um, basically what they did there is they would make countertops for uh, kitchen sinks, um, restrooms shit whatever they had they did marble um the things that i worked on was the corian so corian is i believe i'm not really that sure but i believe it's the cheaper route to go with instead of going with like marble or what have you it's like a cheaper nice countertop right so i start working at this job and this was the post that i'm talking about so let me break it down to you guys I think, if I'm not mistaken, I would start work at 7 a.m. So I would wake up maybe at like 6 o'clock, 6.30. I, it was probably 6.30 because I remember waking up. Oh, shit, I got to go. Boom, getting dressed real quick. It would, it would take me like five minutes, if that, to be on the road. So from the time I was rudely awakened by my alarm, this was before cell phones. So this was like the, the brown alarm clock with the red letters that played AM, FM radio. Oh, shit. Boom. Time to go. Get up real quick. Brush my teeth. Get dressed. And jump in the Mali. So this was the, the Chevelle was my daily at this time. So jump in the Chevelle. 6.30. I have to go all the way from... Um, Oxnard, if you're familiar with Oxnard, we used to live in uh, Diamond Bar, so that's on uh, Channel Islands and Rice. So from Channel Islands and Rice, 
all the way to Ventura by uh, where the headquarters is now. Probably about a 20-minute drive. So I would get here, park the car, run in, hoping that I would have an extra few minutes to uh, just grab a coffee, you know? Come in, go to the break room, and the break room is just full of a bunch of... uh, older dudes you know guys that kind of like they just look tired they don't look like they want to be there thermoses uh lunch pails things things of that nature right i would rarely get a coffee because i'm always in a hurry just woke up just got here so within a half hour i go from being rudely awakened to clocking in at work and once again, guys, I don't, I don't want you guys to feel sorry for me. I don't want you guys to think that it's a pity party, any of that shit, you know? This is just my experiences. This is just what I went through. And um, from that post, I could see that a lot of you related with it. So it's all going to tie in at the end. But either way, um, get in there. So my task was these countertops, they would come. I don't even know where they would come from, how they would make them or whatever. But I would have to sand the imperfections out of the uh, countertops, the piece, whatever it was. There was there was a section where the pieces needed to get um, sanded. So I would go grab one from there, put it on my workstation, and start grinding away. At the time, I had a mini disc player that my aunt bought me for Christmas. So... I had the mini disc player filled with maybe like 50 songs. It wasn't much. It was probably like 5, 12 megabytes that I had capability in that mini disc player. Same songs all the time. So get in the morning, put my mini disc player on, put the countertop on. Seven in the morning, guys. And it's not just one step. You're talking maybe like three or four steps. So you got to cut it cut it again cut it again keep going and then polish it out boom okay it's finished hey um jose can you come check out this all right jose comes checks it out okay cool grab another one boom all right gotta go walk get another one just zoning out guys not even thinking about what i'm doing just thinking of i cannot wait until it's nine o'clock so from seven to nine two hours i'm just all i'm thinking about is nine o'clock listening to the same fucking music finally bells oh hell yeah nine o'clock and you see like everybody just rush into this little break room and the break room is probably uh, i would probably say twice the size as the studio that we're in right now if that even smaller they have the refrigerator the microwave whatever not even enough seats for every employee that's in there so I would have my sack lunch that I would take every day because I didn't have time to even go get anything to eat. So I'd come in with my sack lunch, grab some snacks from it, eat something, and then I would just listen to the other guy's bullshit. And at the time, maybe I'm 18, 19, and the other guys that I'm working with, they're well into their late 30s, early 40s, maybe some in their 50s. So these were my coworkers. I didn't talk to anybody. You know, I wasn't a social person. I didn't feel comfortable, like, talking, starting up a conversation. I didn't really have shit to talk about. You know, this was my life. This is what I did. I come here 
grind the shit, go home, and that's it, you know? So I have 15 minutes. So after 15 minutes of trying to get in there, get a little snack, if there's something that I have to warm up, wait for the microwave, just sitting there, boom. All right, cool. Now my next my next highlight of my day is my lunch break, which was, I'm going to just say noon. I don't know the time. Don't hold me on it, but let's say noon. So from 9.15 to noon, um, I'm just grinding, and that's it. Put my headphones back on. Sanding away, sanding away, boom. Finally, and just keep checking. Just keep checking my clock. I didn't have a cell phone at that time. If I did, I don't even remember, dude. That's so long ago. Either way. I mean, I didn't have nothing to distract me. I couldn't even be on my phone, no apps or nothing. That shit did not exist back then. I don't even know if texting existed back then. It probably did, but there's nobody that was even texting anyways. I was kind of like a loner, you know. I really didn't have many people that I would hang out with outside of work. This is just what I had to do. I just had to man up and work. Finally, oh shit, it's lunchtime. I have a half hour to myself. A half fucking hour. So, from the time I'm rudely awakened at 6.30 in the morning, granted, I could have woken up at 6 if I wanted to, but you guys know how it is. You want to squeeze out every minute that you can of your sleep. So, from 6.30 in the morning to noon, I had 15 minutes to myself. So, from 6.30 to noon... I ha- my anxiety is like through the fucking roof. I got to speed to work. I got to get to work. I got to clock in. I got to get these counters. I got to do this shit. Waiting for nine. Oh, 15 minutes. Oh, got to get in there. Got to warm up my food. Got to eat real quick. Get out of there. Okay, cool. It's noon. <sighs> Finally, dude, get to chill for a half hour. I think I would finish all of my lunch at the nine o'clock break. So I would go to the Chevelle sit inside of there and um pretty much just kick it for 30 minutes okay everybody we're gonna take a quick break for our sponsors and we'll be back in one minute <gasps> now son you you listening right now i need to tell you something your life is in shambles one of the reason is is the way you present yourself son that t-shirt you got on right now with the stains and the bacon neck, that is not going to bring the honeys home. You look terrible. I'm not talking about your disfigurement. That's something only the good Lord could help you with. But what I can help you with is going to downstarink.com. Go to that web page on the World Wide Web and just search DTWD. Yeah, search that and you could get some of the official Downtown with Downstop merch. Maybe move out the basement so me and your mama could do the dick ball dance like we used to do 27 years ago when you wasn't around. Now I'm going to go upstairs and give me a pop pie. You get back to your little podcast. And it's not even 30 minutes. From the time the bell rings to the time that I walk to the Chevelle, sit down, chill in there, and then the last 10 minutes, that's like not even really your time either because you're just like, okay, 12, 23, fuck, I got eight minutes. 
12.25, okay, cool, I got five minutes. You know, when it starts, five-minute countdown, you're like, all right, got to turn the radio off, you know, got to, if I had my snacks, got to clean up or whatever and got to get back because I have to be in my station at 12.30. 12.30, back at it again. Next break is at 3 o'clock. Two o'clock, something. I don't fucking know, guys. If you guys are if you guys are living this life right now, you know. You get 15 minutes, 30 minutes, and another 15 minutes. So there's a significant gap between lunchtime and the next 15 minutes that we would get to chill. 15 minutes would come. Go out to the back, chill. Some guys would be back there smoking cigarettes. Old dudes, they look like they smoke 78 cigarettes in the last 24 hours these dudes are just beat you know their life that's their life what i'm doing being a 17 18 19 year old kid i don't know how the fuck how old i was 19 year old kid working there we're doing the same job the station that i'm at there's probably maybe six eight other stations so it's not like these guys are doing harder jobs than me it's they've probably been there longer than i have but that's basically it you know go back there just hanging out not even talking to anybody either hearing the guys talk talking shit whatever laughing what are you gonna do after work i'm gonna go do this i'm gonna do that pick up my kids or whatever whatever the fuck was right 15 minutes over go back to work i think it was probably like another hour that i would have left and boom I would get out of work. Finally, get out of work at 3 o'clock, 3.30, whatever time it was. And I would have to make that trek back home to Oxnard. So that's probably another half hour of my life. I would go back to Oxnard, um, park the car, go inside, say hi to my parents. My mom usually had some kind of lunch ready, some food I would eat. So you're talking, maybe it's already like 5 o'clock. Okay, cool. I woke up at 6.30 in the fucking morning. Now this is my time. From 5 o'clock till 9.30, which was my bedtime. And it was my bedtime because I had to be up at 6.30. So I was already conditioned for it because of uh, school, you know? And that's another fucking story. Either way. 5 o'clock, Come home, um, have a little free time. Probably go hang out with my cousin Nando. My cousin Nando lived down the street. We'll probably skate or something. And then when it gets dark, just start winding down. Go inside, play video games, watch TV, and be in bed. Showered up everything by 9 o'clock. Come 9.30, try to be asleep and do it over again. Just like just talking about this like really fucking bums me out you know because the whole reason that i was doing all of this was because that's just what i had to do that was my value that's what i was worth at that time i think it was in the post i said nine bucks an hour couldn't have been more than that it was not more than minimum wage nine bucks an hour dude and that shit, like, just thinking back at it, yeah, that's what I was worth because I really didn't know anything. But mentally, I didn't even, it wasn't about that I didn't have skills. I just didn't think that 
I was worth more than nine bucks an hour. I'm just doing what I got to do, you know, and uh, no, uh, no diss to my parents because that's the life that they knew. That's the life that my pops knew. Look, I have three kids. I have a wife. I got to make this shit happen. I got to go work. I got to go do this. And, you know, my my happiness, my free time, my uh, my goals, everything's going to get put on the back burner. And I respect my dad so much for that. You know, I think that that's where a lot of my my work ethic comes from. And just knowing that, look, you got to just just do it. But there was never really much emphasis on the future. It was mostly about like, look, this is what you got to do now. You got to work. And that was work. And I never even thought about really like getting another job. I never thought about getting a better job because it was just in my mind. That's all it was. Everybody I knew hated their job. No one liked their job. No one. I didn't know anybody that had their own business. I didn't know anybody that even had money. Like we had enough to get by. And anything extra, I never asked for it because I knew that my dad was working as hard as he could. So I wasn't the kid to be like, hey, buy me a new skateboard, buy me new shoes, buy me new clothes, because I knew that I didn't want to put that stress on him. I could visually see him being stressed out every day. So that's the life that I knew. That's what I that's what I knew life was to be. Work your ass off, take care of your family and I don't know. That's it. So I'm working at this job, right? And then I get called into the office. I don't know how long I was even there. And uh, the guy just tells me, yo, same thing as breakers. Hey, man, we got to make we got to make some cuts. You're the newest guy. Sorry, man. You you were a great worker, but this is business. fuck what the fuck am i gonna do now dude i remember they told me like it was before the uh it was maybe even at the uh the third break one day or right before it because i remember getting out of that meeting and then it being break time and then the other uh dudes that were there nosy ass dudes asking me what happened you know i tell them yeah i got laid off and then they start fucking talking to me. Oh, man, you were a hard worker. I'm like, fuck you, bro. Like, you never even spoke a goddamn word to me. And now that you see that I'm, like, bummed out that I just got let go, like, now you want to tell me that I was a good worker? Like, it was just, like, one of the loneliest jobs I've ever fucking had. Either way, not their fault, whatever. They're probably conditioned the same way that I was conditioned, the same way that my dad was conditioned, and the same way probably a lot of you listening are conditioned. Well, it's a job. This is what you got to do. Everything else will fall into place later. I mean, if if I get enough time, if I get vacation time, if I save up enough money, maybe me and my wife can go to Vegas this year for a weekend. What the fuck, dude? It's crazy, man. So anyways, 
my little sister, she has this uh, this best friend, and I guess word gets around to the best friend's dad that I got laid off. So he tells me, "Hey, dude, I got a I got a position if you want to work." So I started working at this place on the Navy base here in uh, Port Wyneme. It's called uh, at the time it was called Gaps. I forgot Global Air Pollution Center. I don't fucking know what the hell it stood for, but basically at Gaps. They would get the cars that would come from uh, Korea. It would be Hondas and uh, I forget what other car it was. Some other piece of shit car. At the time, you know, Honda actually stepped it up with like the Genesis and stuff. That car looks really dope. But at the time, you're probably talking maybe 04, 03, somewhere around there. I started working at this place called Gaps. Same thing. I got to be out there at a certain time. Um, but this was a, a little cooler because I got to deal with cars. So basically what we did at this place was if you would, you would get in the, the accents, the sonatas, the, um, the, I can't, I pretty much like blocked out all of this stuff from my memory, but you would get these cars in and they would have work orders in them. Okay. So this accent needs wood grain and needs a stereo and it needs mud guards. So, okay, cool. So I get the car, put the mud guards on, put the new stereo in, put the wood grain in. I was like, it was pretty cool, you know? I got to work with my hands a little more. I got to work on cars. And outside of life, I'm kind of realizing my passion for cars since I have the Chevelle at this time. Um, I'm figuring out like how to tinker with cars a little more and it's just becoming more exciting working with cars. So it, it wasn't a terrible job, but it was the same thing. Same structure. You get in there, you get, and I think maybe this was even different. You might have just had an hour lunch. So you wouldn't have the 15 minute breaks. You would just have a straight hour. But even working there, still dealt with fucking loser ass people. You know, I remember I remember there was a couple essay fools. I don't know where the fuck they were from. Maybe Ventura or something. It's like lame ass dudes. And it was just like they would pick on me and stuff. And it just. Then it started turning into something that. Was like. That I kind of dreaded going to. You know, I remember this one time. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to make any excuses for anything. Maybe at that time I had a bad attitude. Maybe I would talk shit to people. I don't fucking remember, you know, but I just remember that it wasn't the most desirable place to be at at the end. I remember I was gone for a few days and I came back and like everybody has their own tool cart. My tool cart had been opened up and all my tools were missing. Granted, they weren't my tools, but it was just like the tools that I had used. So I would kind of think of it as I've never been, but maybe what it would be like, um, having lunch in jail would be like, you know, these guys punk me for all my tools and shit. I remember I was even asking this one essay fool and he wanted to fight me after work. And he like followed me to my car and shit. And we almost fought or whatever. It was fucking stupid. You know, it's just like, why am I even in this position? Oh, because I have to have a job this why i have to have a job and this was the place that hired me so deal with it right so about this time i'm uh 
kind of like just fed up with my job not even having maybe i'm making a little more maybe like 10 bucks an hour but still not having the confidence to even think that i'm worth any more than that like i was happy to have this job i was grateful to these people to allow me to work with them no matter that the managerial staff were fucking assholes there was maybe very very few people that were cool there you know how it is you see the guy, the manager, who has a little power, and he starts just abusing it. Same thing. I remember this dude. Um, his name was Doug. Shorter black dude. Goofy-ass looking dude. I think he was missing like half of this top lip. You know these guys where it's just like way more gum than uh, than teeth. So he had like mad gum showing buck teeth, and he would just like always be on my ass for something dude always act like i would i would probably be getting back late from lunch or something and he'll just be on my ass <laughs> like granted it's it, it was my fault because i'm coming back late but either way this is my situation this is what i had to deal with this half half lip dude with his teeth poking out and just like big ass gums just giving me shit for coming in two minutes late and me just having to take it because I got to work. This is what I got to do. At the, I don't even know why, dude. Like, at this time, I didn't even have bills. I didn't have anything besides besides gas money. Probably even at this time, my parents were still paying for my rent. Not my rent, excuse me. My insurance. I don't even know why, dude. I just knew that, okay, since I finished high school... This is what I got to do. I got to work. Worked at Gaps. And then around this time, um, the uh, housing market is good for sellers. So my dad, he's doing the same shit. He's working at a job he doesn't like. And we own the home here in Oxnard. And he's like, dude, if I could sell this home for so much money and I can buy a home in gardnerville nevada which is outside of carson city in the valley of lake tahoe which is beautiful out there but it's like 400 miles or so away from us and it's a totally different life it's just like why don't i do that and it was a great decision you know at the time he thought we thought and he told me i was already old enough so my, my dad told me he's like look, man, we're going to move here. We want you to come with us, but we realize that you have your own life here. Which I didn't. What the fuck was I doing? I was working at this place with like these ex-cons, half lip, bored out of my mind, just like not even doing anything that, that tested me. Like the only thing that was really good about that job is I learned how to put stereos in within like a minute. And that's the only joy that I would get. Like how fast can I do this wood crane? trim kit how fast can i do this boom boom okay boom i can do it this fast and that's pretty much the only joy that i got out of the job plus my dad gave me the um he gave me the incentive of moving to nevada with them and he was gonna buy me wheels and tires for my chevelle so i'm like fuck yeah i'm out of here dude so we ended up moving to northern nevada gardnerville which is a small little town outside of carson city which is the capital of nevada and when i say capital i don't mean like 
Sacramento or anything. I mean, like a little small ass city that's bigger than the other cities. I don't even know why Reno isn't the capital of Nevada, but either way. So we moved to Nevada. And once we get there, I don't know anybody besides my cousin Jason because we had, um, we had family. So it was my aunt, my uncle, and my cousin Jason, who was maybe like six or so years older than me. But we still would hang out every time we would go vacation over there or whatever. So we moved there, uh, and my pops tells me same thing, but he says I could chill for a little while because he knows that we just moved there. I don't even know the city. I don't even know anything. So he lets me get my life established. So basically at this time, I'm just fucking around with the Chevelle, cruising around. There was a skate park, uh, Lampy Park. I would skate there pretty much every day. And that's all I would do. I would just go skate, come home. I would uh, go on Instant Messenger and I would be chatting with the very few friends that I did have back home. Uh, shout out to my boy Mo. Mo and I would talk like every single day. Uh, my cousin Nando, we would talk every day on Instant Messenger and maybe anybody else that I left back home, but nobody really. So that was my life. Get on Instant Messenger, go skateboard, and um, drive around on my car. So then it comes the time. My dad's like, well, it's about time you got to go get a job. I said, all right, I know this fucking routine. Let's go do this. So... I always wanted to work at Best Buy as an installer. So um, I go to Best Buy, apply, and I got hired. So I was so fucking stoked when I got hired there, man. Get hired there. That's why I met Raul from Checkered Sports. And then I start realizing that, like, I kind of have a skill in this uh, car audio stuff. And the job at Best Buy really opened my eyes to a lot of things it opened my eyes to like the harder you work maybe the more you can move up more knowledge you can gain the more you get paid and the structure of best buy was a lot different than the other places that i worked at so it kind of gave me a different idea about things i felt a little better about working plus uh, i'm working with raul and we started to gain a friendship and that was dope because now every day i'm going to work and i'm hanging out with my buddy and we would just feed off of each other's energy we would like just build uh we would be selling systems inside and our goal would be to sell as much as we can as possible to the customer so we can just install a dope system because we were into systems. We like loud music and that was our job was to sell stuff. So might as well sell things that we like to install. So that was pretty fun. You know, I'm working there. Then I'm getting raises every once in a while. The harder I'm working, the higher my position gets, the more I start working or the more I get paid. And, uh, then Raul, he was the senior, and then he moved up to like a manager position. I took his position. So it was dope, man. And um, I owe a lot to the company of Best Buy. It really showed me how to be a business owner, um, showed me how to evolve around times changing. And it was just overall, like I think where my customer service comes from, is because of Best Buy. That was the number one goal was customer service. So if you guys are ever at Best Buy and you ever have a problem, just make up, um, make a big fit and they'll give you a discount. Guarantee it.
still at this time I don't have any any other goals besides working because this is what I gotta do. I gotta work. I gotta be part of the workforce. So this job's cool. This is where I'm gonna be at. And then I get in like a relationship that doesn't end well, and I uh, I just want to move back to Oxnard, dude. It was I stayed there for about three years. It was a good time. Worked at Best Buy. Met a couple good friends. You know, I, I now that I think about it, I've probably met maybe three or four people that I still talk to this day from living in Nevada. But anything else, uh, that that part of my life is gone, and it's nuts, dude. If you think about your life, your life is really chapters. You're a different person than you were seven years ago, ten years ago. 15 years ago it's a different person like that life that i was living i'm not even that same person anymore the way that i think about things is different the way that i act the way that i handle situations the mentality that i have the confidence that i have it's it's a totally different person plus all the cells in your body change every seven years so i'm literally not the same person that i was it's like i can't even really relate to that dude i look back at that dude and i kind of just like i feel for him you know there wasn't much that he thought that he was gonna amount to there was dreams yeah there's dreams that i had and pretty much my dream was to be rich so i didn't have to work these jobs anymore and that was it it was there wasn't any more to it i even tried to go to school in nevada and that shit didn't work out Get in this bad relationship, break up, whatever. Decide I want to move back to Oxnard. My big sister, she lived out there uh, with us as well. So the whole family lived out there. She wanted to move back to Oxnard too. So we cook up a plan that we're going to move back to Oxnard. I actually get transferred from Best Buy in Nevada to Best Buy in Oxnard, move down here. And this is like the start of a new chapter of my life start this was in 07 so start working at best buy in 07 my sister and i are living together then my sister she um she gets pregnant with my first nephew and she moves in with my grandparents so i get a roommate and that's my buddy rudy who i started working with at best buy he needed um a place to stay so we decided to get our own place so from 2007 is when I started to be completely independent. When I'm living with my parents, the only thing that they're providing, I believe they were paying for my insurance, but there had to be a time where I was giving them money for insurance and my cell phone and everything else I, I covered, you know, any expenses that I had, any clothes that I wanted, skateboards, car parts, whatever. That was all through me, which as it should be. If you're over 18 and your parents are taking care of any financial responsibilities that you have, you're fucking up. So if you are listening to this and you are over 18 and your parents pay for any financial responsibilities that you have, you're fucking up. Your parents supported you for the last 18 years. It's your time, your responsibility to move on with your life, to start your own life. You don't have to move out. And if your parents aren't charging you rent, you better be fucking buying groceries. If your parents are paying for your insurance, 
You should be giving them some money. You shouldn't be just a fucking bum. Because they've been taking care of you for the last 18 years, dude. Give them a break. Like, your parents are still people, too, you know? Just because they're parents doesn't mean, like, their life has stopped. Like I say on the commercial sometimes, maybe they want to do the bald dick dance and don't want to have you around anymore. Like I said, that's a different story. Whatever. <clears throat> so I'm working at Best Buy 2007. Um, so from 2007 to 2009, basically just working, learning how to uh, live as a responsible adult, meaning pay rent, have... Um, utilities in my name cell phone things like that all while still building my passion for cars so this is where the whole downstar thing comes in right so i've always been a hustler i've always had my eye open to any kind of hustle that i can do whether it would be seeing the exact item sold at two different stores and one store having it on sale and the other store having it at full price buying it on sale taking it back to the store that has it full price return it without a receipt and get like mad store credit i was doing this is whatever uh selling cds you know selling things to my cousins at a young age and then getting yelled at by my aunts for ripping them off selling hot wheels being beanie babies what whatever dude i was always getting money somehow when we worked at best buy raul and i and uh Gary, we were all selling stereos on eBay. I remember one time I even sold change on eBay. I had a whole box of change and I said, look, this box of change is over a hundred dollars and that's the only thing that I'm gonna guarantee. And I actually <laughs> I actually sold the change for more than it, it was its value was and the the review that the customer left was positive because I guess they were a coin collector or whatever, and maybe they were going through it and found like a sack of Juigia or some shit, dollar coin or whatever. I always had my hustle, right? So when I got the right-hand drive, I'm putting the car together. I've told this story many, story many times, but quick uh, sh short story, long story, not so long. Um, I need hardware for the car on the forums nobody's really selling hardware anybody that has nice hardware doesn't tell us where to get it so i might manage to find some place to source some hardware put on my build thread people start asking me where to get it from and then i start selling it on my build thread so at this time it's not even clicking to me that this could be a business because i didn't look at myself as a future business owner i didn't have any goals outside of building a car i didn't have any life goals i didn't have anything that i aspire to be i didn't have any dreams that i wanted to be like all my dreams that i've ever had they were just shot down by reality look that's nice and all but you gotta work all right whatever and this is why I always say that, like, I don't know, that I kind of just got lucky with Downstar. It's because I, I started with no money. I started with, um, like, no idea of what it could be, no vision. And it really took me a few years for that to even click into my head. Like, wow, this is actually turning into something. 
even though I was selling things, I was getting orders, packing orders, inventory was growing, it still didn't click in my head because in my head, I was still, I, I still had the mentality of somebody that is just a worker. It didn't click to me that, yo, this thing's popping. And the more time you feed it, the bigger it starts to grow. It was in the early stages, it was just side money. It was a side hustle. It was a beanie baby. It was a hot wheel. It was a CD. It was just it was just another hustle, right? I never had the confidence in myself to think like I could be a business owner. Who how? Me? I didn't go to college. Why do I deserve to be a business owner? I don't have a suit. How is that ever going to be my life? I don't know anybody who has a business. I don't know anybody that's relatively successful in my life, in my circle, in not even in my circle, in other people's circles that I see. Nobody I knew was a business owner. Nobody that I knew had like anything going on besides a job. But then Downstar just starts picking up more. And then I think something starts clicking in my head. I think it's when my PayPal deposits were larger than my checks from Best Buy. And my checks are way harder to get. So I would come home, jump on NWP, answer any PMs. Hopefully some of those PMs are from people that want to buy some hardware. Send them the PayPal or have them send me the PayPal. And then I would ship out the product, re-up on inventory. And it just, as much as I immersed myself into the, the car community, I think it was the universe was showing me the sign that like, hey man, this is something here. So it was me realizing that I have a passion and I have a skill for being able to sell things, flip uh, flip parts, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Work hard. None of these times that I just thought like, I got this order, but I'm going to go chill with my friends first. And I think that like subconsciously, that was kind of the thing that... Um, that really helped me out. I always have, like I said, I always had um, a really high value for money. So when somebody would give me their money, I would want to finish that transaction as soon as possible. And I really hope that a lot of business owners would listen to this, especially now some of you guys are just fuck off people and keep their money for months and tell them lies and send them fake tracking numbers. Like, you should really want to just finish that transaction because it's weight off of your shoulders. I know guys that have businesses that run their business like that. And I know that every day is just stressful for you. You just got to figure it out, man. Anyway. So then I noticed that my PayPal deposits are more than my work. I'm taking a lot more time out of my life. Um, my job is taking a lot more happiness out of my life, taking freedom away from me. 
And even though Best Buy was a great company to work for, I'm not working a nine to five. I'm not working a Monday through Friday. I'm working Saturdays from one to nine. I'm working Sundays, 9.30 in the morning to five or whatever the schedule was, dude. Like that shit sucked. But when I would get those three days off in a row, two days off or when I would have the weekend off, dude, I was just like so excited. Yes, thank you. Thank you for letting me have this little bit of freedom. I was thankful for that. And I know a lot of people listening now, they feel the same way. When that weekend comes around, you think like, man, I can't wait. I'm, I'm so grateful for this. When you should be grateful for every single day that you have, that you wake up. Every day should feel like that. And, you know, I didn't. I didn't think that in the beginning because, like I said, I didn't feel like I deserved it. I didn't go to college. I didn't further my education. So this was the life that I had to live. Not realizing that I did have other skills that college wouldn't teach you. You know, I was a hustler. I I seen things that other people didn't see. I made connections that other people didn't make. But I never even thought of that being a, a real skill. Fast forward to 2012. In 2000, from 2009 when the company started to 2012, it took me that amount of time to realize that, damn, if I didn't work at Best Buy, this downstart thing could probably be a lot larger than it is. So at that time, April 2012, and I always say this to uh a big influence that I really did have in making this decision was me and Ashley meeting in April, 2012. And I just wanted to spend as much time with her as possible. And I really didn't want to work anymore. And I kind of just thought about it. Like, you know, what, what is work? Why am I working? Is it, to learn a skill? No, because it's there's not much that you could really learn with installing stereos, like if you know how to do it, unless you're at a, a custom shop, and unless that's your dream is to be a custom installer. That wasn't my dream. There wasn't much that I was learning. I would just go in there, do my job, and that's it. So if I'm not learning anything... If I'm not trying to further a career, then what is work? Work is to make money. And what what is money? Money is a tool. And what is a tool? The tool is to help you provide for to to fix to fix whatever you need, right? Guess what I'm trying to say, guys. The reason that you have the job is because you need money, right? What do you need money for? You need money to pay your bills. Okay, cool. So after that is taken care of, then what do you do? Where are you going to go from there? Are you just going to keep moving up and, okay, now this year I got a dollar raise. And then next year I'm going to get a, another dollar raise. I, like that was, that was what I had to look forward to. This year I'm worth, 15 bucks an hour next year i'm gonna be worth 16 bucks an hour that was the the most value that i had until i made that decision 
you know what? Fuck this. I'm making my own money now. I don't answer to anybody. I don't I don't have anybody breathing down my neck. And I have money. So why am I going to keep working this job? For what? What do what do I have? I I don't live with my parents no more. I don't have to listen to them tell me anything and they really didn't tell me shit anyways. You know, I brought it to their attention. Look, I'm pretty sure I'm going to quit. And they just said, like, okay, cool. I mean, you know your finances. Do you um, do you think you can make it? And yeah, that's no problem because the money that I'm making through PayPal is way more than I'm making hourly or through my, my paychecks every two weeks. And the two weeks that I'm spending is stressful as fuck, you know? So in 2012, put in my two weeks, lasted like a week because I'm like, dude, I'm out of here, bro. This is not, this is not what I want to do anymore. And after that, I mean, I really did have to put in a lot of work to get Downstar to where it is today. But this wasn't the same kind of work that I was putting in at the, the sanding countertop place this wasn't the same kind of work that i was putting in at the uh, hyundai factory place this wasn't the same work at best buy the more i invested in myself the better things got and it, it was just it really took me a long time to realize that that I'm a hard worker, you know, but why am I working hard for somebody else? Why don't I just work hard for myself? And when I started doing that, dude, it's like life started. You know, I always say that I'll tell Ash all the time, like my life started in 2012. Anything before 2012, I don't relate to that person. I'm not that person. I don't think like that person. It's it's just like, it, it's weird, man. I really don't even have that much physical memories of those times. I wasn't the same person. Something just clicked in my head. Something just changed. And I know a lot of people listening right now are thinking like, well, that's easy for you to say. Like, not everybody could have a business. I mean that can go either way you know i think everybody can figure something out but i also think that a lot of people don't realize that the only person that they really have to answer to is themselves you know the advice you get and the pressures that you get from say your parents you have to think about it man your your parents they're thinking about your life so you say you're 20 they're thinking about life how it was when they were 20 thinking about what they had to do and thinking about what they did to further their job you know you gotta get a good job you gotta get a union or whatever whatever that, that your parents are telling you but you don't have to listen to them dude like, and like i was saying earlier once you hit 18 this is your time. You're free. Go do what you got to do. Figure out your own life. Move somewhere. Get experiences. 
if you're working a job right now and you're making whatever entry-level pay, you could probably make that entry-level pay somewhere else. Say if you want to move to... uh, Let's think of somewhere dope. Atlanta. I fucking love Atlanta, right? Say if you want to move to Atlanta. Just go on Craigslist, search jobs over there, something that you're familiar with. Search for somebody looking for roommates. Save up money instead of spending all this fucking money on your car. And go live life, dude. Experience life. Because life of working a job, paying bills, retiring, growing old, like... That's bullshit, dude. That shit doesn't exist anymore. You don't have to live that life. Whatever life that you think you have to live, you don't. You can do whatever you want in life. And if you're thinking, as I'm saying this right now, if you're thinking that it's not possible, the only reason that you think that is because you don't have the confidence in yourself. When... When you have confidence in yourself, in your skills, and you know what you can bring to the table, that opens a lot of doors for you. After I posted that post on uh, on my Instagram, Frank underscore Downstar, I, uh, I got a lot of DMs about it, a lot of comments, and a lot of people saying that what I was, what I wrote in that post is how they feel every single day and that's why i wanted to do this podcast is because i wanted to dive a little deeper into that subject and i want people to realize that look like the the success or the failure or the hardships of your life like that's on you whatever you want to be in life whatever you want to create whatever you envision your life being this is your responsibility and if you're going to keep working at a job because it's a good job or it pays good that's cool. But don't complain. You know, that's that's what you decided. And that's what you valued yourself at. You you have a good job. You're making 25 bucks an hour. But having a good job doesn't mean that the the job is fulfilling, that it's fun, that it makes you happy. You have a good job and you make money. Now, is that worth it? Is that worth you putting all of your your goals and dreams on the back burner? Is that worth it? Is that worth it from being away from your family? Is that job worth it? You know, I know there's a lot of people that uh, maybe they work away from their family, and you know, it's it's commendable that you're doing what you have to do for your family. But is it worth it? Do you need to have? those expensive uh clothes cars whatever is all is all that shit worth it i always say this dude if i lost everything today i would just start back at square one and build it up again it would be it would be hard but it wouldn't be something that i couldn't deal with like i can deal with living in a small home i can deal with you know eating hot dogs top of ramen sandwiches i can deal with all that shit like i've been there before it's nothing man 
But knowing that I've been at those positions, I have the confidence in myself that even if it got that bad, that it's all good. We'll just keep on rolling, you know? I hope this made sense to you guys. I'm just, I don't have no notes. I'm just going straight off, off the tip, off the tip. Damn, why the fuck did I say that? Pause, dude. Super pause on that. But guys, whatever you want to do, you can make it happen. Even if you want to be a YouTuber, right? All it takes. There's so many people out there that want to be a YouTuber, right? One of the biggest things that you have to do is just be consistent. If you upload every single day and you focus on your channel and building your channel, you can make it happen. You can make something happen. And that's what I'm doing with this podcast. You know, I'm using the same tools that I acquired over the few years of doing Downstar, the struggles that I've went through, the lessons that I've learned, and I'm just applying them to the podcast. And that's why we're doing two episodes a week. And that's why I'm focusing so much on the podcast is because I want this to be something. I want this to be successful and I know what it takes to make something successful. And it's hard work. And if you guys are doing that, waking up at six in the morning, five in the morning, getting out, you know, living those those struggles, you you can do it. You're already built for that struggle. But Instead of struggling for somebody else, maybe you should struggle for yourself. And nowadays, I still go through struggles. I go through hard times. I go through hardships and uh, disappointments. But it doesn't feel the same as it did when I worked at these other jobs. Because like these struggles are because of me because of my goals because of my aspirations these business owners they really don't give a fuck about you god forbid if anything happened to you they'll probably send your family you know a little money they'll give you a gift if they fire you say i'm I'm going extreme like if you fucking die or whatever but (laughs) if you uh if they need to fire you if they need to lay you off whatever give you a hundred dollar gift card to target and that's it they'll have somebody else if you don't work at your job anymore they'll just have somebody else fill your place they don't care about you guys all you are is a cog in the wheel so you could either be a cog in the wheel to their machine or you could build your own fucking machine and everybody listening now If you have a passion, which I'm sure a lot of you guys do, that's a step up. There's people that are passionate about butterflies and they have a business in selling something for butterflies. Have a blog, have a vlog, YouTube channel, something, guys. You could do it. You can make it happen, but it just just takes you. You have to make that decision. Don't listen to anybody else. Don't listen to your friends. Don't listen to your family because they're looking at things from a different point of view than you are. They've made their decision. They've made... They know what their life is going to be like. They know what their life is going to be like in the next 10 years. In 10 years, I'm going to get a $10 raise over the next 10 years. 
Fuck that, dude. There should not be a dollar amount to what your time is worth. Even a doctor. You know, you, you ever see a doctor and the doctor, oh, damn, I want to be a doctor. They make so much money. Fuck that, dude. First of all, you have the responsibility of somebody's life in your hands. And then you have to, like, when do you get time for yourself? Always look fucking stressed out. Working late-ass hours, long hours. For what? For money? Fuck that, dude. Build your own machine. Do your own thing. Cut back. Maybe cut back on your lifestyle. Don't spend too much money on cars. Don't spend too much money on shoes or other bullshit. Or tricking it off on girls or whatever. Going out drinking. And that's a big one, too. In 2010, November 2010... I made the decision that alcohol does nothing positive for me and there's no reason that I should be putting myself through this pain. The pain of waking up the next day feeling like shit. The pain of hearing stories of things that you did the night before. Um, Feeling like that you have to drink alcohol to fit in or to loosen up or whatever. When I stopped drinking, that shit really changed my life. And it's just it's just about fine-tuning, man. It's about knowing what you want, knowing your value and knowing your your capability. I'm not special, guys, I'm telling you. I'm not special. I just seen an opportunity and ran with it and just kept feeding the machine. And this is I'm still doing it to this day. Still feeding the machine, but at the end of the day, this is my machine. This is my machine I built and this machine is going to run whichever way I decide that I want to build it. And that's success to me. It's not about money. It's about being able to do what I want with my time instead of being grateful that somebody is giving me a day off or having a weekend off or that half lip is going to not trip on me when I come back from lunch three minutes late. You guys can all do this, man. It takes hard work. And if you're listening and you work those hours, you're a hard worker already. Step one. It's done. You just got to have the confidence to do it. Just don't listen to anybody else, man. This is your life. The quality of your life is solely in your hands. And that's it. Be accountable for the decisions that you make. Take responsibility. Don't blame things on other people. And just make it happen. You got to plant the seed. In order to eat the fruit, you have to plant the seed. When are you guys going to plant that seed, man? Everybody listening, I wish you guys the best. I wish you guys most success, whatever you define success as. And I hope that you guys reach your full potential. I know that everybody listening now, you can... uh, you can get there. It just takes that hard work. It takes that time. This time that we're in, this technology that we have, this is 
This is like the easiest time to make something out of yourself, guys. But you just have to allow yourself to do it. You have to make those those sacrifices. Sacrifice the next 10 years of your life. And you can live the rest of your life however you want. I guarantee that. 10 years of your life. If you put the next 10 years of your life focused on a certain goal, not only will you achieve it, you will live the life that you want to live. Thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate it. If uh, you guys have any comments or anything, please hit us up on Instagram at Downtime with Downstar. Um, hit us up on the SoundCloud comments. And thank you guys for listening, man. I really enjoy doing this podcast. I'm not doing this podcast for money or fame or anything like that. I'm doing this because I love to to talk about things that people really don't talk about, man. Also, before I get out of here, this weekend, this is releasing on Thursday. So today's Thursday. On Sunday at Auto Club Speedway in California, I think it's Irwindale, California, there's the iHeart Honda Fest, and that's put on by Spoon Sports. So Spoon is actually coming from Japan. They teamed up with uh, Ryan from Eibach Meet, and they're throwing this iHeart Honda Fest, which is going to be dope, man. We'll be there. We'll have a booth. We'll be hanging out. It's going to be on Sunday from 10 to 3. If you guys listen to this podcast, stop by the booth and let me know your thoughts. If I'm crazy, let me know. If I motivated you, let me know. If I'm full of shit, just let me know, guys. Just I want to hear your thoughts on it, and hopefully we see you guys out there. After this event, I don't know what else we have besides... Oh, that's right. So, the iHeart Honda Fest this weekend, Sunday the 20th at 10 to 3, Auto Club Speedway in Irwindale, California. Then on November November 2nd, I believe, the Sunday before SEMA is um, the Chronicles Year 11. So that's uh, Sticky Dill Joe, Joey Lee. He's throwing his 11th um, Chronicles meet at the Eibach facility. That's going to be fucking dope, man. I, I love that. Shout out to Joey, man, for letting us be a part of the event for the last 11 years. <laughs> And uh, after that, we'll be at SEMA. So hopefully we see you guys at SEMA. At SEMA on the Wednesday of SEMA from 11 to 2, we are going to be doing a live podcast from the CSF booth. Shout out to Ravi from CSF. We're going to be doing a live podcast from 11 to 2 from there. And um, hopefully we'll have people swinging in, stopping by, talking to us. And it's going to be a great time, man. So... I wish you guys all nothing but success, happiness, and yeah, I hope you guys are having a good day, man. I know this was kind of a different podcast, but I kind of felt that this was something that I wanted to dive a little more into, and I hope you guys have some value from this. So once again, guys, this is Downtime with Downstar, episode 108, and we out. Peace. Peace.